The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate, and we have a a fun-filled, amazing, exciting episode to talk to you about with some huge free agent moves that were this past week. This is our first post uh, beginning of free agency podcast. The first time we've had a chance to discuss these huge signings. One amazing, uh, enormous, gargantuan signing, which we'll get to first. And that, of course, is uh, Daquan Jones, defensive tackle. No, no, I'm just kidding. I, we have we just have a, f- a lot of fun uh, topics uh, discussion for you today. Um, we're going to go over all the signings and all the, all the moves that have been done, um, some trades, some releases, uh, all that fun stuff. And uh, it's going to lead into other really fun topics and discussions as well. Uh, but first, I'd like to welcome my co-hosts, John and Mike. And fellas, we, we officially have Von Miller as our defensive end, our starting defensive end for uh, future Hall of Famer Von Miller. And uh, it's a, this is this was an under the radar signing by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we had kind of heard that they were going after Chandler Jones, which was like really exciting. But I don't think any of us expected them to do it. It was just one of those things, like, hey, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be cool if they could pull it off? But then you looked at the salary cap. You're like, ah, you know, they don't really have the room for it. But Mike called it last week when we were looking at uh, free agent defensive ends. He uh, Von Miller was one of the the guys that he chose. So that uh, that was a that was a cool you know cool thing. To I've see. been waiting all week, Nate. <laughs> I thought this was going to be an apology episode. <laughs> I, I would have just been checking my phone daily because it went before that episode. You're like, oh, you assigned me defensive ends with the words, oh, scroll through, uh, find somebody on page three, page four. <clears throat> John, confirmation confirmed. 
<laughs> wait, wait, wait. I don't then think when I, I said, oh, Von Miller, you, I wish people could have seen your eye roll and your, you must have muted out your, your, your a scoff and a, what else, John? Um, groan. Groan, just a complete. My eyes, my eyes almost went in the back of my sockets. <laughs> like they almost went all the way. I almost was blind. The taste for me was just palpable. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I've said my piece. It was borderline the dumbest thing you've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> it was up there with um, Tua is the second best quarterback in the AFC East. So <laughs> you're long. I don't think I've ever said Tua. that. No, you don't have to. You don't have to. You just. But <laughs> we're getting off topic. Ah, the straw man argument. Yes. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's my favorite type of argument. No, go ahead. Continue. That's it. That's it. I thought <laughs> you were but I do an respect, apology. I, all week, man, you just sunk lower and lower, but you totally <laughs> redeemed yourself. Mike I thought it. you just blocked it out of your mind. I just said just now Mike called it. I didn't apologize on the podcast. I was just <laughs> noting that you mentioned I'll, that you I'll called accept it. it. I'll, I'll accept it. <laughs> Nothing to accept. I didn't offer anything. <laughs> You're like, no, I'll just I'll count it. I'll count it as an apology. <laughs> oh no, I was impressed. I thought that whole week. That's one of those things that you think in your mind, but you never actually tell the person. You know, like I'm like, oh, Mike, Mike called it. I thought it was in the group chat. I thought I even mentioned it. In my head, I mentioned in the group chat, like, oh, Mike actually got one right. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you like how my compliment is actually an insult. <laughs> yeah, Mike. So um, that was Mike. Mike, I'll start off with you then. <laughs> Give the floor to you. Were you, uh, this was, I was, kind uh, of... I was not surprised. <laughs> no. I think the, the defensive end position has plagued the Bills for too long. It's the one missing link. Brandon Bean found a way to get it done. Von Mo is a perfect fit. I think she's from certainly his play on the field, but also culture, man. Uh, hopefully people have some time to check out his socials, right? He called, hey, I want to come play with Josh Allen. He's a creature. <laughs> That's awesome. He'll be a great fit for this fan base. Yeah, John, what did you think? I am just so excited for the Super Bowl. Like I've, I've been panic buying folding tables. It's it's just been crazy. I I just can't wait. Can't wait for. I wish the season would start right now. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. That was that was. You know, it's funny. He kept calling him a creature on, on in the press conference. I loved it because you've heard people call him like a dog. Uh, you know, he's just all these things that all these words to describe it. It's funny that we've never had, at least in our lifetime that I can remember a quarterback, this good that like, he is the free agent, you know, magnet? he's the best free agent. Yeah. He's a magnet. He's the best marketing tool for your team. Like, Hey, did you see that? Did you see that game? Like, you know, okay. Get past the, the fact that we lost and, you know, the coaching staff kind of screwed that up. But like, imagine, imagine if you got to play alongside that guy, like this guy's, this guy, he doesn't have a quit. He doesn't have quit in his in his bone or in his body. He doesn't have a quitting bone in his body. How's that? <laughs> and uh, and that's it. it's time and time again. When people say they're excited to play for the Buffalo Bills, do you think they're saying it because they just hear about the amazing culture in Buffalo? Maybe a little bit. I'm sure I mean, players talk to each other. They have friends outside the team. I'm sure they're saying that also. But. I think everyone just looks at how close his team was to actually going to the Super Bowl, and they're like, "These guys are close. I want to get in on it. 
uh, and you're thinking about like, I mean, Von Miller was in talks with re-signing with the Los Angeles Rams to be able to take the Bills away from the team where he literally just won a Super Bowl with, and out of like, you know, in a, a city like a destination city like Los Angeles to Buffalo, like this is this is uh, in, incredible free agent signing from that standpoint. People are talking about Chandler Jones. He's from Buffalo. Like he went, you know, this this he went to play in Syracuse. Like this would be perfect Western New York, you know, upstate New York re-signing, right? Like that's where his family's from. Like none, by the way, none of the players ever care about that crap. Like that is like he's probably seen enough. <laughs> He's like, actually, I've met in other places. Why would I want to come back? Right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's <laughs> that never works out ever. Like Gronkowski, oh, he'll come back because he's from Buffalo. Like, he can visit Buffalo anytime he wants. He doesn't have to play here to come here. Uh, but it's what we, you know, we come up with in our minds to justify the the ways that you know we we think and the the outcomes that we want. But Von Miller coming to, and, and Mike mentioned it with the teammate thing. Like in his press conference, he said, "You know, I've always been known as a good pass rusher, getting the quarterback." He's like, "That's my, that's my forte." He's like, "But that comes with a lot of help from people on the other side and the inside." He's and he mentioned like three or four D tackles besides like Aaron Donald, like Malik Jackson, like guys like that. He's like, "That's how I was able to do what I do." He's like, "But he's like a better teammate. He's like a better guy to like get the best out of." the players in the locker room and you know my fellow teammates he's like you're getting the real deal he's like there's almost none better than me in that respect he's like i am that guy and so like that's kind of cool to hear um from that point of view that he is he's legitimately you know everything that that you want production wise but also he's not like uh like for example like mario williams let's let's bring up mario williams like mario williams was like an unbelievable line or uh defensive end we got him in his prime athletically gifted, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know if anyone would have ever called him like an amazing leader. At least I never got that sense at the time. Um, like good player, I never thought, heard that he was a bad teammate, but you never got this sense that he was a captain or anything. Uh, but then Von Miller comes in and you're like, this guy is like going to lead. He's going to lead from the locker room and all the younger guys are going to learn from him. So that's that's kind of the the thoughts that I was getting from that and the things I really, uh, I really enjoyed hearing uh, from him at that press conference besides the fact that he wasn't sure if he was making the right move until he was actually in the building, the whole plane right there. He's like, did I make the right move? Did I do the right thing? And then he got here. He's just like, Oh yeah, this is right. This is, this is what, this is what I should have done. On the flip side. How, how about JD McKissick? <laughs> <laughs> so you're what going, an like, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That was an interesting story. So you're talking about running back JD McKissick who agreed to a deal in terms with the Buffalo Bills for a two-year deal, and then he agreed to the same exact deal with the Washington Commanders to go back there, like that same day, right? Like thinking that was the right choice. Wow, that wasn't the right choice even before Von Miller resigned with or signed with Buffalo. That was a dumb move even before that, right? Who did the Commanders have a quarterback? Carson Wentz. Yeah, so. So you have G.D. McKissick, a guy, and Brandon Bean was pissed in his press conference. He was not happy about that. They're like, does that does that tarnish the relationship you have with the front office over in Washington? Because you know, you guys, you've got you've done deals with them before. He's like, yeah, it does, it does. So um, I don't know if you guys read it. I know John, either you sent it to me or I sent it to to you. Um, uh, there was some Sal Capaccio tweeted out 
this whole paragraph, and I don't know if it was just his own writing or if he got it from someone else specifically, but like essentially what happened is the commanders are like, we don't want you back. He told the agents at least that like, we're not going to make an offer for you. Like, good luck, best of luck in free agency. And so he's like, okay. So he went around and he decided to sign with the Buffalo Bills. And then as soon as he did that, like either the commanders themselves or like people within the front office contacted JD McKissick and was like, um, we want you back. And he's like, oh, I thought you guys weren't going to make me offer. He's like, oh, your agents lied to you. Like this is, we wanted to sign you back, but they just didn't tell you about it. So we want you back. So he's like, you know, whenever you get a chance to make the same amount of money in two different places, you're probably usually going to choose the place that like you're familiar with, unless you hate it there, you know, you're just going to choose it. So that's what he did. So yeah, don't move even dumber since the Von Miller signing. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what, uh, got, uh, Brandy Bean pissed off enough to actually go after Von Miller, you know, well, it was like, I think he, he, needed that money right like maybe he could have spent more to try and keep levi wall like who knows where oh yeah they uh but they thought that money was gone resigned harrison phillips maybe instead of letting him go to the vikings yeah and now they have still have no running back to fill that role as of now um they have not signed running back to do that so you guys know who else we could go after is christian mccaffrey no. <laughs> John, go ahead. Attack. I mean, it's not even worth attacking. I just play like the cricket sound or something from my computer, right? <laughs> like you'd have to trade for him and then pay him his contract, right? When that when you figure out any trade in the NFL, it's like if you have to give up, like, you might not have to give up a lot of draft assets, but the fact that you have to give up any and take on a contract, it's like, I mean, the guy, the player is great, but he's he's also injured. So you're not, you're not talking about getting him in, like, in his, you know. Maybe he got all the injuries out of the way. Mm. Plug him right into that slot receiver spot now that Cole's gone. <laughs> I don't know if that would Perfect. be the best use of his talents, though. <laughs> Do you know what Christian McCaffrey plays running back, right? Like... <laughs> He'd be their best running back, but then he'd also be able to play in the slot. Yes, mm-hmm. if that's what you meant. Yes, uh, perhaps. <laughs> we like we upgraded from Cole Beasley to Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think that goes on the the same lines as like the Saquon Barkley trade stuff. And I I I like the player. I don't like the salary. I don't like the injury history. I don't like having to give up stuff for him. But then again, if you think about it, like the bills just gave up a seventh round pick. They have so much, what do they have eight picks now? Like they're not going to keep all eight picks. Cause like these players won't make the roster. So like, they're going to start giving away picks. Maybe you give away one if you can take on the extra cap, but not, not like the best guy at his position. Like would it help? Absolutely. It would help the bills. But like, I don't know if, if they are going all in though, man, sign Von Miller trade for Christian McCaffrey. You have a Mike. Are you saying that just because you like Christian McCaffrey, or because he plays for the Panthers, and you figure the Bills will just trade with the Panthers no matter what? Both reasons. Both no. reasons. Okay. <laughs> You're like I actually never thought about that second reason ever <laughs> until you just mentioned it just now. But um, yeah, I'm I'm okay with. Well, the Panthers are talking about Deshaun Watson, right? They missed out there. Who are, who's their quarterback going to be? Maybe they're in a full rebuild. Maybe they'll take some of that money. Yeah, true. Or, or pay some of that money. <laughs> Oh, now you're talking. So now you're talking my uh, my language. Let's say they gave up like a fourth 
pick, fourth round pick, they take on like a part of the salary. Like that's what the Browns did with Case Keenum. They took on part of that salary for the Bills to make the, the trade. They were cool with that. Um, man. Okay. Now you're, now you're starting to, uh, butter the bread a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like a little, uh, <laughs> starting to grease the wheel. starting to, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Grease the wheel. Is that the, anyway, yeah. So, um, I like these hypotheticals sometimes with, with the ability to get a guy that can le- legitimately change your offense. But of course, you know, like, just think about, we wanted JJ Watt last year and he said no. And if the bills signed JJ Watt last year, there's no way that they go after Von Miller this year. Like that was one that they, they dodged a bullet. JJ Watt went out after like seven games, you know, he's done for the season, like in JJ Watt fashion. Like how much would it suck for the Bills to like land Christian McCaffrey? He's out after like you know seven eight games, and then you know you go in the playoffs and whatever without him, and you know whatever. But um, one of the things I like going back to Von Miller, um, one of the things I like about that is that like what you're paying him is basically what you paid Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes last year. So like that, the salary of both of those guys equals what you're paying Von Miller. And if you asked any Bills fan, like, would you rather take? one of Von Miller or or two of both Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison. I think all of us would say duh Von Miller, like without a question. Like he's just he's just better. Like one of him equals two of them. You know what I mean? Like like people were I was listening to a podcast Joe Biscali was doing where he's like uh Jerry Hughes beat a double team in the Kansas City Chiefs game with the thirteen seconds left. He beat a double team and was like a split second away from getting to Patrick Mahomes and to winning the game. Like he was that close. Like he did an unbelievable job to beat a double team. He was within like, you know, a hair of getting him right. But he didn't. And I feel like that's Jerry Hughes's thing. Like he's a good player, like, but he just, he just could never finish. Like he just couldn't just, just was missing something. Like he was missing just like that extra step or that extra move or that extra, whatever, to become a Von Miller. He's just not Von Miller. Like, but now we have Von Miller. So we have that upgrade. So I don't know from that standpoint to me, um, I'm also excited about that compared to what we've had last year. And in the past in general, like it's a huge upgrade since Mario Williams. So quick question for you guys. We've talked about this for, I mean, this is the the most important signing of everything that we're going to discuss tonight, but like what was bigger, the Mario Williams signing almost 10 years ago, almost 10 years to the day of the Von Miller signing, or do you like the Von Miller signing more? And John, I'm going to start with you on this one. When you think about it, when you look back at it, obviously we all lived through the Mario Williams signing. It was a crazy time. And then, you know, this one came about um, completely different in their aspects of, of, of the team of, you know, the regimes around them. Um, what, which one do you think is like the bigger signing of the two? If you had to, if you had to guess, if you had to take a stab at it. First, just a quick piggyback. In addition to what you're saying before, like in addition to like the whole versus Hughes and Addison thing, and people are talking about Von Miller's age and that he's younger than both of those guys. Oh, so just to kind of put that in perspective, mm-hmm. also, but younger no, and better. Good. But but Von Miller is uh, definitely the bigger signing. For sure. Like, what, what did Mario Williams have, like, a Pro Bowl or something? Like, when, when we signed him? A couple of Pro Bowls or something? Maybe one or two, yeah. Like, Miller's been all pro. He's been Defensive Player of the Year multiple times. Like, 
tons of Pro Bowls, like easily, easily better. Like you look at the his number of sacks, right? At 32 years old, 115 and a half. Bruce Smith had 126 and a half at, at the same age. And he finished with 200 sacks. And Von Miller doesn't show, like you look at him in the playoffs, he doesn't show any signs of slowing down anytime soon. He could come close to that. And he missed a whole season due to an ACL tear. So right. like, right. Well, Bruce, he might, have, yeah, he Bruce might be close most to that. of a season as well, but oh, did he? On, okay. yeah, but yeah, but, but yeah, but I mean like, you know, I, I don't want to say that he's Bruce Smith, but like he's, he's got similar numbers and he's, you know, quite good. So <laughs> that's, so I, I, I guess I think, I think like, you could argue that he's on the level of Bruce Smith couldn't couldn't one at the same point in their careers. I mean, he's been a Super Bowl MVP, multiple times Super Bowl winner. Like as much as we have the affinity for, of course, Bruce, the legend Bruce Smith. Jeez, it's hard, you, I mean, who do you take over Von Miller? Von Miller's got to be a first ballot Hall of Famer at this point, right? Like, I mean, he's that good. I don't think anyone would pass him out and be like, yeah, you know, he only, yeah, he won a couple Super Bowls. He was a Super Bowl MVP. He's like, you know, he, at the time he'll, he finishes, he'll probably be like top 10 all time sacks, like easily. So, like, he's automatically going to be in there, I'm sure. But um, he's the longest act. He has the most sacks of any active player in the NFL right now. And that includes like JJ Watt and all those other guys. So, um, I think I think the signing for me, I guess personally, I thought the the Mario Williams signing was a bigger deal, and I think maybe it's just because it was fawned over for excuse me like three days, where you're like, is he going to sign? Isn't he? There was all this drama going back and forth. I remember I created a Twitter account just to follow the minute to minute things going on with Mario Williams. Like all I would do is follow like Sal Capaccio, Joe Biscalia, like WGR, like that, that was my first into like, you know, Twitter. And then they would retweet somebody else's like, you know, tweet about something about Mario Williams. And then I'd follow that guy. And then I, you know, the Buffalo news, and then, you know, like you, that was my first taste into Twitter. And then like, to me, it got me to create an account just so I could find out if Mario Williams was going to sign a Buffalo. And you got like a guy in his prime, and like it was a historic deal, this and that. Um, it was right off his rookie deal, and like the Bills didn't have a good quarterback then, so this was like even more of a big deal that they got this guy. Like, is this guy going to give him off the hump? Because we weren't thinking Super Bowl then; we were just like, let's end the stupid drought. Like, you know, that's all we wanted at that time. Uh, but and this one was more under the radar. Like, we didn't know it was going to happen because Bean kept it under wraps so well that like. We didn't find out till it did happen. So like we couldn't even fawn over Von Miller possibly being a potential target for two or three days. So I guess I'm still stuck in the past. I, I like the Mario Williams signing better just because all of Buffalo and all of Western New York was like a buzz for three or four days or whatever it was. Will he won't leave. Like it was Buddy Nix's legacy was that signing him finally getting him to, to agree to the deal, uh, which was the biggest deal in NFL history for a defensive player at that time. Uh, hey, just just because you couldn't suck Von Miller at the local steakhouse, I mean, doesn't mean that Mario Williams was a better deal. Like it was drawn out, and that's what made it seem like a bigger deal. Yeah, it, like the the you know, at that point, there was no one player that was going to get him anything because they were no. terrible. Yeah, yeah, it was still bad. Um, you're right. It's from- interesting in that sense that I agree with John. It was very exciting, but it didn't feel like it was really going to do anything. <laughs> and this, I feel like we feel like we're going to the Super Bowl with him or without him. Like, come on, get join us, get on the bus. 
but the end result is the same. So Get in, loser. <laughs> we're, getting, we're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so uh, certainly make the road easier, but it's like neither signing felt like it was changing the trajectory of the team in my mind. I disagree. I think Mario Williams signing, it was cool. Not only was it. You were younger and naive. <laughs> I was so naive. <laughs> I was so dumb. <laughs> there was, there was times I remember thinking like, cause they were six and 10, seven and nine. All you needed to do is get a few more games. Right. And, and not only that, it was the first time maybe previous to that was T.O. were like a big name free agent chose Buffalo. Even if it had to do with money, it was the first time I remember in my lifetime a big-time free agent choosing Buffalo when they literally could have gone anywhere else. Anywhere else would have signed them. And Buddy Nick somehow picked, you know, pulled it off for him to do that. And I remember thinking that was unbelievable at the time. And, and whether – you're right. Did I think that there was going to lend them – maybe not even the playoffs, like, but you were hoping at the time. I remember thinking like that's, it's happening soon. I think we might have even had Fitzpatrick as our quarterback maybe at the time possibly. So like, oh, man, like, you know, we're, we're getting things together. Like we got a stud on defense. Like, you know, so – It's pretty crazy. I mean, we're North America's team after all, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't get that. Why? Why do you say we're North America's team? Is that because of the Toronto series? No, that's what To said when he oh. when he signed. He said, "Oh, I'm I'm happy to go from America's team to North America's team." Oh my God, jeez, thanks, To. <laughs> I was just proud of the of the media members for not asking Von Miller about blue cheese or ranch in the press conference. It's like, oh, that's the most played out. <laughs> what do you think about cold weather? Like, oh God. <laughs> Act like you've been there before. I know. Jeez, come <laughs> on, guy. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I I still love the signing. That's not to take anything away from the signing. It's much more important if you think like like you guys both mentioned. It is a much more important signing for this to get over that hump. To yeah, go. We're we're hopefully going to go to the Super Bowl no, no matter what. Um, but this is like yeah, this is something that could potentially put them over the edge. So uh, all the best pass rushers and all the best quarterbacks, it feels like, are in the AFC. If you you just need like that, no wonder Aaron Rodgers signed that one year extension because he's like, Russ is gone. Like every, it's like I'm I'm competing against nobody in the NFC as the best quarterback. Whereas the AFC has Russell Wilson. It's going to have Deshaun Watson still. Um, it's got Justin Herbert. It's got Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I mean, it's it's just stacked in the AFC compared to the NFC. So yeah. So obviously we all love that signing. Uh, it was unbelievable. Um, it was so good that my mom emailed me, and she doesn't email me all the time about the Bills. So that's how you could tell it was a good signing. Um, other signings that happened this past does she, week. Does she text? No, she hasn't really. She receives texts, <laughs> but she doesn't send them back. Very elitist. That, <laughs> I like it. I, yeah. Respect it, right? That. Yeah. Uh, I should I should do that. Be like I I just don't respond. Sorry. Like you can send me anything. Like let me know about next weekend. Oh okay. And then you can let me like nah. nah I don't I don't do that second part. <laughs> like and then you can just confirm to me that you can make it. Yeah. I just don't. I don't. You know. I just don't do that part. So just let me know. <laughs> yeah. My mom's like. Uh, yeah. I'll be like. Oh. So you know. We're coming over this weekend or whatever. No response. So um, Von Miller signing was good. The the big release obviously was. Uh, Cole Beasley's release this past week and 
we talked about it in the podcast last week. Um, I don't think any of us were surprised by that. Um, it was funny to hear Brandon Bean's comments about it because I was kind of of the impression that the Bills, he had a down year production-wise, yards, touchdowns, everything. Um, and then he also had the COVID stuff, which I'm like, the production stuff is is one thing. But like when you're also a distraction off the field, like it gets annoying. Like people, your bosses don't like that, right? Like no bosses like that. They don't like to have to answer questions about it or deal with it or whatever. And uh, he, Brandon B mentioned in his press conference that that kind of, kind of led him to think that his, he and his family needed a change of scenery because of those things. So, I mean, it just kind of made me think about how thin skinned Cole was with some of this stuff because he put himself out there like more so than almost any athlete in the entire world <laughs> with one, with a respect to such a controversial topic. And I don't know how he couldn't see that it was going, there was going to be backlash, you know, like people, reporters have tried to pin down Josh Allen about the, the vaccine and he's like, won't, he won't bite either way. Like, ah, oh, respect, you know, my teammates' opinions or whatever. I have my own thoughts on it, blah, blah, blah. Um, he got away with it. So, uh, but Beasley just kind of like kept, and it was almost like he, he was instigating some of the fan base or social media because, you know, he'd say something about it. He'd piss people off. He'd quote tweet it. He'd reply to people. Like some people say things to stir the pot and then they never respond to any of these things, right? Like they just say things just to say them. But Cole was like also being interactive as well. And he was kind of making, he's kind of putting a target on his back. And then he was responding to those people, kind of giving them credence. And, uh, and like, so like he would, then he'd go dark on social media. He would you wouldn't hear from him. And then they'd find out like the vaccine, like people that are vaccinated can also give, get like people sick. And then he's like, oh, boom, back on social media. I got to like, you know, run my victory lap about this. And then he just pisses those same people off even more. Like, and it was just one of those things where like, I feel bad because I wanted to miss him a lot more. And I wanted the rest of Bill's mafia to miss his release like a lot more. Like people were genuinely upset when John Brown got released last year. They were not like at least half the fan base was not upset about Cole Beasley being released. Um, like I was talking about being thin skinned. Like he thought people were saying boo when they were saying bees in like the stadium. And it was just such a weird dynamic that he kind of created and fed into, but you know, didn't think he deserved. Uh, so it's sad. I wanted to, I wish that it was, we were all a little bit more sad that he's gone, but instead like a lot of people are just like, well, serves you right or something you know it's just a sad ordeal i don't know if he necessarily deserves it all but anyway just kind of an interesting release yeah i think like originally i think like his whole thing was with a lot of the rules the nfl had in place regarding a lot of the COVID stuff and then like people just kind of blew it out of proportion then he felt the need to defend himself and this and that and it's just kind of unfortunate how it ended up i I, he was i mean he was better than john brown was i thought right yeah for sure he almost had a thousand yards the season beforehand. He was a staple on the offense. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, like it just just ticked people off. I mean, it's such a divisive topic, one way or the other. Like you're gonna, like I remember some people were saying. Uh, it, I, I said on Twitter, like it's sad that you know it's sad that we're not more upset about this release because he was a he was a good player for the Buffalo Bills when he was here. You know, um, I think he got along well with Josh Allen, this and that. And then some people like agree with that. Some people were like, well, he should have, he shouldn't have opened his mouth. And I'm like, I don't know about that. But then some people were just like, yeah, man, people don't care just because he wanted 
just because he wanted freedom of choice. Well, I'm like, ah, I don't know if that's all he was about. Like he, he talked a lot more than just that, but um, you know, a lot of people believe in freedom of choice. They just don't speak up about it publicly, you know, such a divisive topic. And, and to, to some of that point is true, but yeah, he, he didn't like the, the protocols. And then of course, now they, there's no protocols. There's absolutely none in the, in the stretch of the season and into the playoffs. And so it was all for nothing. Right. So in the end, um, Mike, thoughts on the Cole Beasley release? Last time we'll probably talk to him, talk about him, I guess. I think we all saw the writing on the wall. No surprise. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, we've talked about it before, but it was never fun seeing, like, oh, the Bills are in the news, like CNN, USA Today. What? It, oh, it's Cole Beasley. Like, it just got exhausting after a while. Mm-hmm. So, onward and upward. Onward and upward. And then, you know, we have to do a moment of silence for the best nickname ever created on this podcast for a player i would if i had taps right now maybe i'll edit it in probably not <laughs> taps for the third and cole nickname moment of silence that's the only good thing to come out of this <laughs> <laughs> wait wait the the nickname was the best thing to come out of cole beasley being here or or no, the, the best nick- thing about the, him being released the nickname that didn't make any sense to begin with is now uh, done is now gone yeah, it's a sad day, isn't it? <laughs> it's very sad. <laughs> Maybe the next nickname can just be grounded in reality. You know, lots of uh, people were texting me and Cole got released and be like, John and Mike are going to be so happy that third and Cole is gone. But you, Nate, you'll, uh, somebody even said, I think, <laughs> I think someone on Twitter, Bills Fan UK was like, 10 moments of silence or something like that. I'm like, at least 10 moments of silence for third and Cole never being uttered again. Unless we bring it up again, then I'll give another moment of silence for the nickname. But onward and upward, better nicknames are around. Um, the Jolly Brown Giant, Mike's Mike's best one to date for Spencer Brown. Jeez, Mike, if you thought I gave you an eye roll to bring up Von Miller last week, you should have seen John's eye roll just now. Oh, man. There's no emoji that could explain what John just did. Uh <laughs> Kobe's Starlet Tulele was released, which was an interesting. Um, In my release. defense, third and Cole <laughs> it took weeks, months. Some might say the the jolly. What, what what were we talking about? The the other nicknames we were kicking around were just spur of the moment. Yeah. So you can shut the hell up, John, <laughs> with your bacon neck T shirt. Can't even put some bills here on. This is blue. <laughs> I'm not wearing Bill's gear either, John. It's all right. It's all right. It's off season. Take a break from wearing Bill's gear on the podcast. You always tell me there is no off season. Yeah. You have to do this, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, Nate, I want to get sleep tonight. Be like, well, tough TS, you know? <laughs> we got we got some uh we got to talk about the best nickname in uh, podcast history tonight, along with Von Miller. So, uh, Starlet Tulele was released this past weekend. Also, a big deal. Um, the Bills only saved $2.5 million. What was crazy about it is like they owed him around $9 million. And then if they cut him, they saved $2.5 million, which is kind of crazy. It's like, is it worth to keep, is it worthwhile to keep Star at nine or to lose him completely and lose the player altogether and save two and a half. It's like one of those things where I'm never really sure a hundred percent. Like in my estimation, it's like, well, might as well just keep them. Cause you don't save a whole lot, but 
Bean did not think that. I mean, he already signed Daquan Jones from the Carolina Panthers. He signed uh, defensive tackle Tim Settle from the Washington Commanders. And then he signed defensive tackle Jordan Phillips uh, back to the Buffalo Bills. And you're just like, there's no room for star anymore. Like, there's no room almost for a draft pick if they draft one. Um, it's like almost like they have too many defensive tackles. And then they really star, and you're like, okay, all right, that makes sense. So, uh, interesting thing. What did you guys think? I'll start with John. Um, it was kind of cool to see the Bills re-sign Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson again. Um, guys that had been on the team in a couple of years. Um, guys that I, I think a lot of fans would agree that we all liked them. They were well-liked. It sounded like within the locker room, they were well-liked in Bills Mafia. But, you know, when their rookie deals were up, or their whatever deals that they signed with the Buffalo Bills uh, were up. Uh, you know, they had a chance to make a lot of money in contracts, so nobody blamed them, but they're like, uh, they were a little overpaid. I think I think we we all thought that, but, you know, good for them. Uh, we ended up missing them a little bit, and uh, I'm kind of excited to get them back. It's almost like, you know, a, a sequel to a, a, a movie that you really enjoyed coming back in theaters or something, uh, coming into theaters. I... I, I was kind of excited. I was ex- I'm excited for Daquan Jones and Tim Settle, but I'm also kind of excited to see Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson back on the team to uh to to be a part of this uh, franchise. And uh, yeah, what did you what did you think, John, about those those re-signings? What, what were your thoughts that, that came to your to your mind when you saw that happen? Or because it was it was teased for like a day or two before it actually happened, and then it happened. And, and what were your thoughts? Yeah, they're nice players. I'm 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 happy to have them back, and I and I think um, they'll. They know the system, obviously, and they'll, they'll fit back into the rotation well. They'll um, and they'll help provide support to some of the younger guys like Rousseau, Basham, Epinesa, Oliver. I think I think it's great. Absolutely, more veteran, more veteran leadership. The Buffalo Bills is a good thing. Mike, when you saw the gang was getting back together, uh, what were your thoughts on that? I'll have a name nickname contest with you guys at any time. We can pick the player, whatever. Uh, it's all... <laughs> no, okay, another time. Okay, okay. We'll we'll think about it another time. <laughs> Go ahead. Jordan Phillips, Jack Lawson. It's great having everybody back together. Do you remember how many sacks Jordan Phillips had in Buffalo in 2019? Six. John? Six and a half. It was nine and a half, so that <laughs> <laughs> gets that one. <laughs> but he was he was great. The Bills haven't had a nine and a half sack player since then, I think. So uh, having him back, I mean, they know what his strengths are. They know what his weaknesses are. They know when to plug him in to get the most out of him so he can get to the quarterback. Like, I'm loving this signing. Like, put him in put him in on third down uh, plays where they need to rush the passer. Put him right next to Ed Oliver and just eat up the middle. You know, like, I, I love that. And then have Von Miller from the one side and hopefully Greg Rousseau or whoever from the other side. I was never, so the thing about Shaq Lawson is I like Shaq Lawson, but I was never really impressed by him. He was like, and even, I mean, he was, he was good at run support. I think he was always good at that, but like, and he got sacks his last season with the Buffalo Bills, but I think he had like six or seven, but like they were always those sacks. And I said this on the podcast when we were recapping then, like it was always like he was completely unblocked, like getting to the quarterback. That was one of those things. Like, I mean, a sack's a sack. I mean, you know, Jerry Hughes would take that all day. So, uh, but it wasn't the same as like a Von Miller getting a sack, like running around the edge, getting to the quarterback or, you know, pulling inside or whatever. So, uh, 
I'm excited that both those guys are back though. They just bring a swagger and leadership. And I think that they're obviously well-liked in the locker room or, or the bills might, the bills wouldn't have brought him back. Brandon Bean wouldn't have brought him back. Sean McDermott wouldn't have wanted them back. Doesn't that just go to show you though, too, like there are good players that are going to come out of Buffalo that are successful in that system. And they might not necessarily have the success in other teams or other franchises because Sean McDermott and the coaching staff get the most out of their players or they set them up for success in a way that other teams just can't. Like they just, they just haven't like, those are two prime examples. And not only that, like the bills can, are so well liked when these players leave that they want to come back. Like think about Harrison Phillips. Like if that doesn't work in, with the Vikings in a couple seasons and they want to cut their losses and void his last year and release him, like the Bills could easily pick up a like you don't think Harrison Phillips would want to come back to the Buffalo Bills? Like I'm sure he would. And on another like a cheaper contract, sure, but like that's we've never seen this before. Not that I remember like guys coming back that were just released. It was like always bad blood or whatever. Uh, it's kind of cool to see that. I think that that's that's a that's a great sign. These two signs specifically uh, for the culture that that the the Bills have created, and also add Matt Barkley in the mix too, because the, there's supposedly a return is in the works from for Matt Barkley to come back as a to compete for the backup quarterback role. Um, quarterback, we, we mentioned. Uh, Matt Barkley possibly coming back. Case Keenum, quarterback Case Keenum, was traded from the Cleveland Browns to the Buffalo Bills for a seventh-round pick, which is almost nothing. And then the the Browns ate some of Case Keenum's salary, so like that's huge for the Buffalo Bills to not have to pay him. I think, believe he was owed over six million dollars, so the Browns ate like over half of that. So, um, I mean, last time he was a legit starter. Uh, was in Washington several years ago. Um, let's see. Let's go back to his first full season. Um, he's like he's like a good backup quarterback. He was in Denver 2018. He had f- almost 4,000 yards passing, 18 touchdowns, 11 or 15 interceptions. Not an amazing game. But the year before that, Minnesota, he had 3,500 yards. He had 22 touchdowns, seven interceptions. I mean, all you're looking for a backup to do is just be able to like get you through the game and win game manage and possibly a little bit more. You're not looking for them to be Josh Allen. So uh, unless it's the end of the, unless he, for some reason we lose Josh Allen, but um, otherwise, yeah. So that was a, that was a big move. Um, Other big moves. uh, I love this one was uh, this might've been my second or third favorite move was OJ Howard, tight end OJ Howard from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers signed with the Buffalo bills on a one year, $3 million contract. Uh, this is a really cool signing for me because uh, we always talk about building around Josh. John wanted a wide receiver. We haven't gotten a wide receiver yet. Um, that still tops our needs, which we'll go over at the end of this podcast. Our biggest needs still going forward. OJ Howard is one of those weapons t- that the Bills can pass to. He came out of college in Alabama and just had like uh, just unbelievable athletic talent. Um, he got buried on the depth chart in Tampa Bay because of some veteran signings, um, some injuries and stuff like that. I mean, you're not going to necessarily start over Cameron Bray and Rob Gronkowski when they're on the team ahead of you. So especially when you've been injured. So hoping that he's healthy this year, because you guys know how my feelings are about tight ends on their second contract. It's like, that's the time to get them because it usually takes at least three or four years for even some of the best tight ends to really uh, culminate into something. So 
I love this signing. It was one of my favorite signings to get OJ Howard. If the Bills hadn't gotten Von Miller, I think it would have been my favorite, and I would have been psyched about it. But um, imagine OJ Howard, who is a very good blocking tight end. Imagine OJ Howard and, and Dawson Knox being interchangeable on this offense and possibly running some two tight end sets with them on the field. Like, that's exciting, you know? John, did you like that signing? Were you as hyped about it as I was? Or did you yes. think there was another signing that you liked better? No, I, well, I mean, uh, um, yeah, Miller, right? But like, so like they, they, they brought in a lot of guys on defense uh, on the defensive line, right? They had, didn't do too much on offense. They, you know, backup quarterback guard, but um, having another receiving option for Allen is definitely a priority. I think that that was a good move. Definitely. Um, speaking of like uh, the big signing, the first big signing really for the Buffalo Bills was left guard Roger Saffold from the Tennessee Titans. Um, I checked out uh, an article over at the Music City Miracles SB Nation site, and they mentioned how it's kind of like a big loss for them. Not they weren't like this is an epic loss for us, but like this one kind of hurts. So like whenever you read that from an opposing team's article, like that's a good sign. If you read something and they're just like, oh, good riddance, like, ah, man, like we got one of those guys. <laughs> but this was not one of those guys. So um, obviously he's a Pro Bowl guard. The Bills haven't had that in a while. They did release, I mentioned they released uh, Cole Beasley and Starla Tulele. They released Daryl Williams this year um, or this past week. Uh, they they didn't mention that they wouldn't potentially re-sign him down the line. Um, but it's nothing's in uh, nothing's been done as of the time of this recording. So we mentioned the Daquan Jones signing, the Tim Settle signing. Tim Settle was a cool press conference because I don't know if you guys saw, but he gave a Ric Flair woo when talking about it. He's just like, man, he's just like, I'm so excited to be here. Like, and in the middle, he literally said, woo, you know, like, let's go Buffalo. He's like, I'm, you know, this is so good to just be here. So that was, that was really cool to see. Uh, uh, something that necessarily, you know, we're just not really used to seeing guys. It's mostly just like they put on a face like, yeah, this is a uh, looking forward to helping this place become a winner. Um, um, it's good to see Buffalo become a destination for this. And I think this was, we've seen it before since McDermott's been here, but this was getting, you know, Von Miller and, and some of these guys uh, is just, um, just, just goes to show you what we have now. And, and, and I think we're all kind of taking it in as a fan base. So here's something that's kind of, Minutia, but kind of important, um, was Ryan Bates was, so he's a restricted free agent. He was undrafted. So the bills had a chance to tender him either for, so if, if the guy was drafted, like, let's say normally if he was drafted in the sixth round, they could have done like a six round tender for like two and a half million, say like, let's something like that. Right. Um, or 2 million or whatever the case is. And like, if the, if somebody else signed Ryan Bates to, an offer sheet and the bills decided not to match. They would have gotten a six round pick for this, uh, for Ryan Bates, but the bills decided to give him like a no round tender at like $2.3 million or something, whatever the case is, it's like that much. Um, and so it gives them the right of first refusal. So if, uh, why did that, you know what that made me think of for some reason is prima nocta <laughs> from Braveheart. <laughs> first night, first, first night. <laughs> right of first refusal like you know <laughs> anyway <laughs> i don't know why uh they if get we can, <laughs> if we force them is it force them we keep who can force them out we'll breed them out <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> i know you didn't enjoy that one mike uh, <laughs> uh i went to see i went to england to see uh the place where Longshanks lived in the the 
why can't I think of the the castle in England where the big one? Um, it's not Buckingham, obviously. That's where they live now. But it was like the big uh, castle. I don't know. They don't use it nowadays, but it's just a historical site. But yeah, they're like, oh, here's where like Longshanks, you know, this was where he, you know, he lived and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's like, oh, how how tall was Longshanks? He's like, oh, he's like six foot two. <laughs> like, it's like they called him Longshanks because he was so tall. Like at that time, that point in time, like six foot two is probably like the tallest man on earth. <laughs> but anyway, um, what was I talking about? Oh, so Ryan Bates, back to Ryan Bates. Um, uh, the Bills get right of first refusal. So sure enough, like four other teams are courting Ryan Bates to like potentially make him an offer, including the Patriots who have like three offensive linemen on the roster right now, you know? And so they need a starter and Ryan Bates was a starter last year. And I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Like in my opinion, the Bills offensive line didn't click until Ryan Bates became the starter. Cause Ike Butker got hurt. And then all of a sudden the Bills were able to pass protect Josh Allen, uh, pass protect for Josh Allen better. They were able to run up the middle all of a sudden, um, like he was to me, like, I don't want to say he's the most important piece. Cause I don't think he is, but like, he was an important piece down the line. And, uh, and the bills didn't give him a second round tender, which would have cost like an extra one and a half million. So instead of like 2.4 million, it would have been 3.9 million. But the pro, but the good thing about that is like, you, sure you pay him an extra million and a half, but your odds of keeping him are that much better. And if somebody does end up taking him from you, you get a second round pick from that team. So like automatically you're going to brush off teams that probably won't want to make him a deal just because they also don't want to take on a contract and a second and give away a second round pick. So like, to me, like here's a starter. He's a, he's right now sketched in etched in etched in as a starter <laughs> uh, written in penciled penciled. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. Thank you. Um, so why wouldn't you want to keep your starter for an extra million and a half? I don't get that. And now they're seeing what's happening. Cause there are four teams that are probably going to make him an offer, or at least one or two of those teams is going to make him an offer. And people are like, Oh, the bills are, can make, you know, have a chance to m- match that offer. And it's like, yeah, but <laughs> the bills don't have a ton of cap space to just be able to play with that. Whereas like, if they really did, they would have, they would have made him an offer themselves. They would have signed him long-term if they really wanted to, they didn't have to. Uh, just give him a tender. They could have resigned him, and they didn't. So, anyway, that was something that was frustrated, frustrating for me. John, you were kind of following that a little bit on Twitter when I was saying that. I mean, do you agree with that? Is that your standpoint? Like, you either spend two point three million dollars and potentially lose the guy, a much more likelihood of losing the guy, or just spend the extra one and a half million at three point eight or three point nine to keep a starter on your offensive line. To me, it's a no brainer. But I'll, I'll listen to any points. Yeah, I agree. I would. Try to keep them that way. Uh, as it is, they probably need to draft more offensive linemen. So, like losing one isn't going to help, right? No, because then if you do lose him, then you're you're banking on the draft pick being better, or maybe like another, uh, you know, free agent signing being better than him. But you can't guarantee it. You know, and it's possible that you know the new offensive line coach Aaron Cromer looked at Ryan Bates and is like, "Ah, eh, he's not worth a second round tender." Maybe, maybe not. I don't like losing starters though, if we can avoid it. And this was like, kind of seems like a blunder on Brandon Bean's part as much as, as, as amazing of a week as he had. Um, this was one of the things that I think I would criticize him for. And I, and I am right now, I'm, I am criticizing him for. So biggest needs left on the roster. So we, when we did our biggest needs in uh, a few weeks ago, uh, we had cornerback wide receiver, defensive end, 
uh, defensive tackle, linebacker, interior offensive line, backup quarterback, punter, like not in those order necessarily, but we did kind of like the ones at the top are our biggest needs that we felt, the three of us. And so right now they've signed defensive end, um, which, like I said, Mike called it to his credit. Um, not apologizing, but just giving him credit. <laughs> um, defensive tackle, they signed like three of them. So they're set there. Linebacker didn't sign any. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They did sign a linebacker. They signed uh, Markel Lee from the Las Vegas Raiders. So they did sign a linebacker. Um, interior offensive line, they signed Roger, Roger Saffold, but they might, you know, Ryan Bates, might they might lose him. Um, they signed a backup quarterback. They traded for one in Case Keenum, and they might, you know, re-sign um, – Matt Barkley. So then we're good. They just haven't gotten a punter yet. So really quarterback and wide receiver, John, you were, you were a proponent of wide receiver. Would you still like to see them add another wide receiver to this roster and free agency before the draft? Yeah. I mean, it, as much as I've liked their off season so far, their two biggest needs are the same as they were two weeks ago. We're cornerback and wide receiver. So, which I think they can address in the draft. I, uh, but yeah, those are, I think their two biggest needs. The Bills have good odds on on uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, I believe, to land Julio Jones now that he was released from the Titans. I mean, this is a chance to get – I wouldn't say – you're not getting a Julio Jones in his prime, of course. You're getting an injury-riddled Julio Jones in the later stage of his career, but you could get a guy that could contribute in a solid way. And instead of playing 100% of the snaps or 80% of the snaps like he's used to in Tennessee and, and Atlanta, maybe playing like 40% of the snaps. Um, I think the Bills might be good enough now that they signed Von Miller that a, a player like Julio Jones could look at them and say, hey, like I, I don't have a ring yet. Here's a, here's a time to sign on with a team and help out and get that ring. Mike, would you... Could you see the Bills doing that in the few weeks, like getting a player, maybe not Julio Jones or someone like that? You know, it's a little bit aged out. That's a little bit older. Even a cornerback, like there's corners that are out there. They're a little bit older. Maybe they're not as good. They're not going to command that huge contract. They either get like a $4 million contract from this team or like a $3 million for the, from the Buffalo Bills to, to potentially win a new, uh, another Super or to win a Super Bowl. Uh, do you think the Bills might be able to pull off a, a, a free agent move like that now that now that they signed Von Miller and, and they were good before that. Now that's just adding to that. Yeah, I think definitely. And football's a game. People want at the end of the season you want to be hoisting the trophy, right? I think it's we've already touched on it, but Buffalo's a destination. And it's a huge bargaining chip. And it's very much a virtuous cycle. Like when you've had success, we we've seen people want to come here, take less money, just a virtuous cycle that continues to compound. You love to see it. <laughs> like there's there's players like I'm just looking at um, Mike Clay's top free agent uh, cheat sheet that he puts up on his Twitter account. And like, you know, maybe, you know, like an Xavier Rhodes, like these, some of these guys that, you know, are a little bit past their prime, a little bit slower, but like would be an upgrade over Levi Wallace or potentially a draft pick cornerback um, in the interim or at least provide depth. Like there's a guy like that, maybe Patrick Pearson, Patrick Pearson might not, but like, you know, Xavier, like maybe a Joe Hayden, um, guys that are a little bit older, you know, they, but they could still contribute. I mean, the guys, the bills played Josh Norman, paid Josh Norman, like 7 million or whatever it was to, to play for the bills. I, th I think the bills could get a guy better than that for cheaper, a corner or a wide receiver. 
it'll be interesting to see what they do in the next couple of weeks. So, so that was, uh, that was, uh, those were the big ticket items. Uh, we talked about a lot of different things, uh, tonight regarding that. So, um, how about we talk about Deshaun Watson? Wow. So yeah. fun that we don't have to deal with any of that. <laughs> that is nice. That is nice. Do you think it's nice because, uh, Josh Allen is who he is or because we, because we have a great quarterback and for all we know, at least he seems like a great guy on and off the field. Um, is, is that the best part or the fact that like, we don't have to deal with the drama of Deshaun Watson just getting like dismissed from like a potential criminal case and he's going to Cleveland and he signed like a, what was it a five year fully guaranteed deal? Uh, all those things, right? Like, it's just, it's good to, it's good to, it's good to like your quarterback and like and still like him, you know, like like him, but also like him, if that makes sense. Well, I think if you're a Browns fan, you have a d- decision to make, don't you? Like, can you continue for years ragging on Roethlisberger? Uh, yeah, Steelers fans. I I think a lot of people will have to question their supporting the team while he's the quarterback, and we can welcome them with open arms. Our Lake Erie brethren, <laughs> would you? Would you would you jump ship from the team that you grow up rooting for, for the Buffalo Bills? If that was the Buffalo Bills that signed Deshaun Watson after everything that happened, or more likely, would you just? What do you uh, mean? Or more likely? Yeah, I'd be done. <laughs> I'd be done. Yeah. Or would you just justify it like we do for everything in sports? Right? Like Pittsburgh Steelers fans justified it for years have been like, well he wasn't found guilty every time i mentioned tyreek hill on twitter chiefs fans are quick to show me well you know he pled guilty because of this they all become legal experts as to why tyreek hill isn't a piece of crap he's actually just you know the victim of something you know like everyone justifies everything especially when it comes to sports i think we could easily like i'm not saying i would i'd like to think that i wouldn't but i could easily say you know well uh, like everyone that the uh, like was a was an Eagles fan when Michael Vick got signed by the Eagles, like they had to justify it to themselves. Well, you didn't do it to my dog. Like you had to find a way to to be okay with it. Um, I think people just internally do find a way. I don't think Browns fans are jump ship anymore. They're probably they're probably just not outwardly as psyched as they'd like to be <laughs> that they got Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson's a really good quarterback. Maybe I think not. They lose. I think they lose people over this. Think so? When you say that, you think like one percent, or like ten percent, or like twenty percent. And the I people, know. <laughs> the people you're, you're losing are the Fairweather fans too. You're probably not losing many no. diehards. No, no. You, you, are you saying if you found out that Josh Allen, like some nefarious thing happened to him, not nefarious, some malicious thing, like he did something to someone else, like a bad thing. Like you're not saying you couldn't find a way to like somewhat justify it. like well you know he wasn't found guilty by a you know he wasn't indicted. I would say the star quarterback is synonymous with the te- like cheering for the team at this point. But if you're a Browns fan, you're just like well he wasn't found guilty. You know, like there was the uh, who is it um, Josh Brown of uh, Channel Four in Buffalo tweeted out like he asked his friends because he he grew up in cleveland i believe he asked his friends like oh is there so any of you guys jumping ship to to your lake erie brethren over in buffalo and they said uh wait don't don't the bills still have uh, oj simpson on the wall of fame <laughs> like basically saying like it's a double standard for mm-hmm. you to say that our franchise is tarnished but you did not 
realize that your franchise is also tarnished. And I'm just, to, my response to that was like, well, he was inducted in the wall of fame before he allegedly murdered two people. <laughs> so like that was preemptively done. We didn't, we didn't put plus, him on after. Plus the glove didn't fit. So, I mean, you know, John is the OJ apologist for <laughs> new listeners. For new listeners, John is yep an OJ apologist. Uh, much much like Flash you think- super fan. <laughs> well, he was acquitted, right? So yep, you know, and he's still that. looking for the real killer. Yeah, despite writing a book called "I Did It." <laughs> No, I think it was if I did it. If I, did I think it. the I think the editor made him add that qualifier. <laughs> the original manuscript, like was given to him, he's like, "All right, I'm done." He's like, "Wait, so the title of this is I did it?" Yeah, is that what you wanted me to just explain everything? Because you can't get double jeopardy. So he's like, "This is everything that I did," <laughs> and how I got away with it. And he's like, "Well, we got to add the, you know, if." <laughs> yeah the glove thing was so dumb have you ever guys ever put on leather gloves before it is not easy like because if they fit well they're like they fit like a glove <laughs> like like a glove and if they don't fit then there wasn't your glove but he had other gloves on oh that's right that's right he had the um, latex gloves on because he couldn't touch the evidence yes yeah all you have to do is not pull that hard. What's the prosecutor going to be like? Pull harder, man. Just open your hand up. <laughs> uh, permission to approach the uh, – the uh, what is it? It's not the plaintiff. The uh, the accused. Bench. The bench, no. <laughs> I was going to say that oh, would make sense. To, to approach you. the bench is what you normally say. to be, uh, Permission to uh, approach the accused <laughs> – Permission granted. All right, come over here, you son of a bitch. Like we're gonna put this, we're gonna put these gloves on if it's the last thing I do. Um, yeah, I don't think many people are gonna jump. I think you eventually get over it. I think you find a way. I think it's a curious question, though. Um, so we we thought it was going to Atlanta, right? We thought that was almost all but uh, a yeah. done deal. It was between Carolina and Atlanta, where the mm-hmm. final two essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your team was willing to do that, and then at the end they were they just they lost out. It's it's an interesting question too. Like they they have no higher moral standing. I would argue. Like they were wanted to do it, they just failed. <laughs> it's the Browns. They'll have a new quarterback in two years anyway. It's like planning a homicide to go back to the OJ thing again. It's like planning a homicide and just not getting away with it. It's like it doesn't make you a, a good person just because you didn't end up getting away with mm-hmm. it. Like you're still basically the guy who they wanted, wanted to. They wanted, yeah. yeah. And, and took all steps to accomplish it and just failed. But to the Browns, the, the point of the Browns, like hopefully they do with the NFL being a zero sum game, their failure is our success. Like, yeah, hopefully they. They fail. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. 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 You can it's actually root against them. You you actually find a way to root against them in that division, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. It's hard to root for them, for sure. Um, dude, did they botch? I, at one point, they, they were, it was public, they were going for Deshaun Watson. And then, like, Baker Mayfield's like, I want to trade. <laughs> and then they were just like, we're out of the Deshaun Watson. And, and 
we're out of the running for Deshaun Watson and Baker's like, I still don't want to be here. Like relationships done. Like this isn't going to work mm-hmm. out. And you're just like, Oh, now you have no quarterbacks. And then they pulled off at the last second, this like amazing trade where like they gave up so many picks and they have to pay him like a boatload of money. Um, and they ended up like, they just had to go all in. They just had to like push all their chips to the table. Cause they were, they were about to walk away with no quarterbacks mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially. Did you see how they structured the deal too? It's funny. No, no. I mean, it's not the first time anybody's done it that way, but he's only getting like one million for the first year. So if he gets suspended, he's only going to lose like sixty thousand a game. <laughs> so one million for year one, and then uh, sixty million for year year two, three, four, five, <laughs> whatever it is. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, jeez. That's good. That was. I mean, say what you will about the person. Good agenting, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> good agency. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was all. It was a fun discussion. Glad again that you know another thing that when when the Bills re-signed Josh Allen in the off season, I remember. I don't know if I did a podcast with with uh, someone else. Maybe it was Sean Murphy and Buffalo Rumblings writer. But like, I think one of the things that just gets underrated as much as Josh Allen is a really really good quarterback, like the ability to like him, his likability is just like, it's almost, it's worth every penny in my opinion, because you don't have to be one of those fans. It's just like, well, he killed a bunch of dogs or, well, he allegedly, he allegedly sexually assaulted everyone or, well, you know, he allegedly had 22 people that he sexually assaulted. Like, you know, you don't have to play this mental gymnastics or this way of just justifying your fandom. It's like, well, I like the team no matter what. It's just, I can't, you know, they can't all be choir boys or whatever. Like this is, it's one of those things where, um, I don't know, it's it's immeasurable the ability to like the guy that you root for and to really enjoy the team and just to not have to, you know, do that. Anyway, anyway, that's that's my point with all that. It's it's good to be a Bills fan is what I'm saying, if you didn't know that already. If you were listening and didn't know that, so cool. Um, any grievances real quick? We've talked a lot. Let's save grievances for next week. I have a good I have a good jumping off point, though. So if people want to email grievances, please feel free to do so. Um, I'm going to talk about the boss's son <laughs> next week. Nepotism specifically, but like the owner's son of the companies that I've worked for. Um, one good, one bad. And so if anyone has any example of nepotism that they've felt or that they've seen in uh, the workplace that they've worked for or other places that they've seen, uh, that's fun to talk about. You, maybe you guys can share some nepotism. I was a, a product of nepotism at one point uh, myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, like your dad was the boss and your mom was the secretary or something? <laughs> what do you mean? I did work in an environment where that was the case too. She was the executive assistant after they got married. <laughs> in that case, no, no, my my. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you about it next week. Well, if if we have time, we'll get into it. That's an interesting word choice, though. I was the product of nepotism. I was a pro. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't mean like that. Like, <laughs> I, I was born out of nepotism. <laughs> Dad was married to someone else, and then he, you know, found the secretary, and I'm, yeah, no, that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case with us, with me. I don't think, at least so, but um, <laughs> a product of some sort of nepotism to a small degree, but I've I've seen it from both sides. I can speak to it, but yeah. The boss's son, the owner's son. John, do you have any quick stories about that? Have you ever worked in a place I where I feel you- like you're really pigeonholing the grievances. John and I were just open to anything. 
Oh yeah, I know. Well, we can't go like all general. We can't go like driving. People just drive slow. Like it's got to be, you know. Okay, okay. So it's still open to anything for grievances. Okay. Right? Any yeah. grievance you have. Okay. My grievance this week, though, was the Ryan Bates tendering. That's what I'm going to say. It's bills related. It's not general like Mike wanted. Um, but next week, maybe I'll go over the owner's son. Guy's so All cocky. Right. The guy's so cocky. He has nothing to worry about. Not going to get fired. <laughs> so anyway, um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, it was a fun discussion to share with all of you guys. Uh, Von Miller is a Buffalo Bill. Uh, this is a really cool time. Oh, yeah. This episode in general is brought to you by uh, the uh, RT Public Store. Um, if you are looking to buy a uh, a bill shirt of any kind, we have uh, one of the best stores in all the internet for Bill's designs, uh, our own designs and other designs from independent artists at tpublic.com slash stores slash CTW pod. The CTW pod is just like our Twitter handle, uh, circling the wagons pod. Uh, there, everything is 30% off now with the promo code bean, like B E A N E at checkout. So if you go there, it's $14 t-shirts. It's like $35 or $36 hoodies. Uh, tank tops are $14. We're start, starting to think about tank top season. Um, I'm not, but like people are thinking about it, you know? So uh, again, that's uh, 30% off. Uh, com slash stores slash ctwpod and uh, 30% off in the promo code BEAN, B-E-A-N-E. So thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you, your guys' support. Uh, hopefully you have some more science to talk about, but we'll always have some fun Bills topics and general NFL topics and uh, some grievances. So thank you guys for listening. Signing off for John. Hey, stack up on folding tables. Now it's going to be a historic season for the Buffalo Bills. They're going to go undefeated, win the Super Bowl. Let's go, Bills. And for Mike? Let's start with the grievances next time i don't like how they got pushed to the end <laughs> okay uh go bells <laughs> and for and for me nate this is a super exciting time to be a bills fan there's a lot of things that are just going our way um i'm excited you're excited uh this is the most exciting off season that we've had in recent memory um and yeah go bills we'll talk to you guys again next week
Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>